Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Join us each week as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. And I'm Andy. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Well, welcome back and to part two of our conversation. We ran long, but we're still having fun. Definitely, definitely. So we're going to cut right back on in and go from there. Cheers. Cheers. Double cheers. <laughs> we had a little bit of experience with that, just with one of the beers we're drinking, because we, we snuck a, a holiday spice stout in the lineup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's talk about that. And, and actually, that's one of the things that the next place I want to go real quick is let's talk about um, what we're drinking here. And then I also, because um, everybody who listens knows uh, that we love our fun facts here on the Unsophisticated Palette. Uh, and you've got a, you brought a fun fact um, that we were talking about prior, um, which I may need to remind you of. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, we're going to end on, on that fun fact. So there's, there's your teaser. I love it. <laughs> um, that it's an excellent fun fact. So let's talk a little bit about what we're drinking. Um, tell me your favorites. Well, actually, let's talk about that one first. Then we'll talk about your favorites. And then we'll go there and, and see what happens. The St. Gregory. It's so much fun to smell because yes. the holiday spices are coming through so strong. And it's just so funny to me. And it's not what you would expect. I remember I remember taking a, a breath in as I was taking my first sip. I did it wrong when I took my first sip of this beer because I just kind of threw a little bit back. Because we were talking and I was just in the middle of it. But I remember thinking to myself, oh, that's a really pungent odor. I should have stopped to smell it before I drank it. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm rolling it around my mouth, I'm trying to re-smell it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm, smith- I'm sniffing it. Sorry, guys. No, not sniff away. Nutmeg, mace, a little bit of black pepper. There might even be, I'm not saying that they put ginger in it, but it just kind of has a little bit of like a gingery thing going on. I would agree. But then when you taste it, and, oh, and, and brown sugar, of course, a lot of brown sugar, oh, a lot yeah. of molasses, because yeah. this is a very dark beer. There's no light getting through it at all. None at all. And, and you commented on uh, the first time I sipped it, I made a face. You did. You did. You <laughs> made a face. I kind of knew why, though. Yeah, and, and I didn't know, because I did the same thing you did. I just grabbed it, took a sip, and I wasn't, it was a dark beer. I was expecting something a little stouty, of uh-huh. course. Was not expecting what came across, and because <laughs> I hadn't smelled it first, and I hadn't taken the time to think about it, or, or even think about what I tasted, it was like, that's not at all what I expected. Exactly. <laughs> now, that said, then you called me out on that, <laughs> and said, hey, I noticed your face. Ah, did I really call you out on it? I was making a comment. You commented. Thank well, and, and, uh, which is Yeah, call me out either way. It's all good. Made a comment, um, which was spot on. And then you said, "I this is what I'm taking, holiday spices. And, and, and as soon as you said that, it, that was, then I, I, I you know put my nose in there, got some of the nose, and I took a taste and was spot on. And the first time I tasted it, not a fan. Yeah. As soon as I came in it with that perspective, this is a good beer. But um, I think it's also a good beer. And, and surprise me, we're talking about that. We're recording right here in the middle of July. Exactly. This would be a perfect December beer. Exactly. Yeah. January, any kind of, any other way. <laughs> Spread that out. I mean, and I'm going to say, actually, now, as I've drank, as I've drank, as I've partaken <laughs> of, <laughs> as I've um, had more of it, um, I am enjoying it more. And it's not, I think, because we've drank a lot of the beers in this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's because uh, the, it is good, but I do think it's definitely um, 
for me anyway, a winter beer, and I was not yeah. expecting that in the middle of July. It is a little out of place. I mean, I'm totally going to grant you that. Yeah. But good. Really good. But good. Yeah, exactly. So is, what what is your favorite of what we tasted? Because we've got four so nice dark ones and four nice light ones, I think. This is a hard one for me because they're chocolate Casanova, which is a cherry chocolate stout. And that was really good. That's my number that's, one. That's your number one. Um, Let me take another sip of that, actually. It is ridiculously good. And then they do a Casanova crunch, which has a peanut butter flavor to it. And I swear, it's like a peanut butter and jelly stout. I would agree with that. I mean, that's my number two, um, or at least tied for two. Um, somewhere in the top uh, five, let's mm -hmm. just put it that way. And it is really good. It's got a great nuttiness to it. Okay, now that you said it, see, again, it's funny mm -hmm. how suggestible I think we can be. Yeah, the power of suggestion. Because before, I was just getting the nuttiness. And, and when I just, you know, had it on my own, that's definitely what I noticed. But now that you mentioned the jelly, and I've had another sip, I am picking up a little bit of the jelly on there. You know what I think it is, Mark? It's, it's because when you smell it more of the cherry comes through than when you taste it. And okay. I think combining the two, I think really sticking your nose into it and then taking a sip. Mm -hmm. uh, this is my unsophisticated palate, by the way, telling you this. But I think that that has so much more to do with it because if my wife were here, she's, she's a physician, but she would tell you the limbic system is more connected to our memories and our, our brain associations than anything else. We would think it'd be our eyes or maybe our ears. It's not, it's actually our sense of smell. It's tied to more than anything else. It's like when you smell your, your grandmother's perfume for the first time on somebody else and she's long since passed, yeah. but you instantly are like, that's my grandma. Oh, it'll take you right back there. Oh, um, what was I? Oh, I've heard numerous times uh, a smell, I mean, will take you to a specific time mm -hmm. and place in history. Um, right. uh, in your history, I mean, you know, and, and, and so I believe that 100%. And I've actually heard it said by a, a couple wine people, taste is just confirming what you're smelling. Right. And, and I've experienced that probably nine times out of ten. I think there's sometimes I've had something where I smell it and the taste is distinctly different. For better or worse. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah I, I've had a couple of wines where the nose was just horrible. <laughs> but when I sipped it, I'm like, oh, that's a really good wine. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and then I've had the opposite where the nose was really, really good. And then you sip it and you're like, ooh, that's not so good. But nine times out of ten, it's just, you know, the taste is just confirming what you're smelling, right? Right, exactly. Okay. But here's the thing. We were talking about the stout beers that they have here. They also set us up with one of their uh, Blondales. Mm-hmm. And I actually just had that right there, the uh, Prodigal. Jeez, now why can't I? We've had some uh, beer here. <laughs> prodigal, prodigal. Prodigal, thank you. Prodigal, I'm like, yeah, uh, words are, are hard. That's why I went into podcasting. Probably if you were to talk to a professional audio narrator, they'd be like, you're drinking beer while you're talking into a microphone. That is a horrible idea. But for us... Great idea. I'm like, that's the whole basis of this podcast. So, that's the point, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There you go. Um, the uh, red ale thing. That was the first one that you picked out. I felt like you had gravitated towards that one when you were looking at the menu. Did it live up to your expectation? It definitely did. Now, that said, uh, you chose the first four, mm -hmm. and I chose the second four. Oh, that's a good point. And you did snipe a couple of my first choices. Yes. The uh, chocolate Casanova, the Casanova Crunch, probably... I don't know if I would have done Sweet Georgia or St. Gregory. So that's that, those were good and delicious, and I'm glad we did. But the next one on the list was the Murphy's Law, and it's an Irish red. And mm -hmm. I don't know why. Um, 
but I have found that I enjoy a good red mm-hmm. beer, uh, an Irish red. And so that that was like after you after you took choices one and two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, I, that was perfect. Actually, it worked. That's what I went with, and and it is definitely lived. I probably, I mean, it's a top four, top five mm-hmm. um, on there. Um, and and the only reason I say top four, top five is because we've also talked about um, the Kama Citra and the Orange Blossom X, which are both, I think, believe they're both IPAs, right? The Orange Blossom X is not. That's a collaboration okay. between the Coalition Brewing and Barsidious Brewing, but. Um, I had not actually had the Orange Blossom X yet because it had been a while since I had come here. And you and I both got tasters of it because I was like, huh, what's that? Have I had it before? I wasn't even sure what it was. And I think you and I both had the same reaction at kind of the same time where we were like, wow, that is a really good beer. Yeah, it is. And, and, I, and I, I guess, that, and, and that's one other thing we talked about and we'll uh, mention here. I'm sorry, we didn't talk about what we're going to talk about. We talked about off mic. And that's maybe why I associated them both as an IPA because they're both very smooth. It's not neither is is overly hoppy, overly bitter, mm-hmm. um, and they both have, I think anyway, in my opinion, play that that citrus flavor. Um, it can be kind of hard to do. Sometimes, sometimes it overpowers. Sometimes it's just not there, mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's so weak it might as well not be there. I think both of these do a good job of balancing the, that citrus flavor. Um, but also their IPAs here have done a phenomenal job, in, again, in my opinion, mm-hmm. of, of not being overly hoppy, overly bitter. No, no. They have a good floral note to them. They have a little bit of bitterness, but it does fade. It doesn't just coat your palate. And, you know, it's funny you're comparing that to the Orange Blossom X because the Orange Blossom X, not super hoppy. I'm really not getting a lot of hop off of it, but what, you no. know what I'm getting is the orange pith. There's, mm-hmm. there's a bit of a flavor there, and I think that's where the bitterness is coming from. It's a little bit pithy. I would agree that in the flavor, and as you describe it, and bow to their your knowledge, <laughs> <laughs> because I am the unsophisticated palate, and so I wouldn't have I wouldn't have put that together. But now that you've said that, I 100% agree. The power of suggestion, man. Well, that's not even the power of suggestion. That's power of someone who knows what they're talking about, educating somebody else, and kind of saying, yeah, I, I taste the same thing. And that's, which is beautiful, because that's, really what this is all about. That's why we're here. Oh, yeah. You know, drinking is such a collaborative effort. And it, it's weird for me to say that, but what do you call somebody that goes home and gets drunk by themselves? An alcoholic. An alcoholic, definitely. What do you call somebody that goes home and has some friends come over and they all enjoy some really good, sophisticated brews? That's something between a party and a good host. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, yeah, very different, which is, um, I, I think, telling. I mean, and, and now that said, I, I drink alone many nights. Um, but not not with the sole intention of getting drunk though never with the sole intention of getting drunk it's it's enjoying a beverage with my meal and that kind of gets back to those pairings and everything like like we've talked about I mean alcohol I think rarely stands alone it's I mean yes sometimes we'll just have a drink but most of the time if we're having a drink it's either with food or with friends um and with friends, a lot of times there's usually some food involved as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's something that, that just, I don't know, it, it, it enhances everything. I, I, if, if managed right, like say, going home to drink to get drunk, um, that's a problem. <laughs> if right. you're going home and having a, a glass or maybe two of a good wine, a good mm-hmm. scotch, a good whatever, because you enjoy it and you're relaxing at the end of the day, um, 
and, and you're having it with your meal <laughs> or while preparing your meal, something those lines, um, that's good. I shouldn't be shaming anybody, by the way, because in my view, as long as there's a little bit left in the wine bottle, I'm okay. Uh, see, <laughs> my pro I, I would disagree. I would say if you're leaving something in the wine bottle, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Although that said, I guess it's in one sitting. That might be the thing. If I were to, yeah, yeah in one sitting, if, if, if I were to polish off a bottle, that might be a problem. My wife and I, she is so, so good on the microphone and has an incredible palate. i got to be honest. I mean, the things that I've been able to learn about food and drink and the way flavors come through, so much of it has come from her. And she's not trained in any of this stuff. She kind of has this natural gift of being able to pick flavors out and taste things that people don't normally taste. I mean, honestly, she's a winemaker's wet dream when she comes into the tasting room because she can just pick out these flavors that I never would have thought of. You know, she has just that eclectic palate and having her on the show. Well, so the reason why I'm saying this is because we recorded last night and uh, that's going to be a fun episode. You guys can go back on pardonmyfilm.com and listen to that. Which one is that one? It's going to be the one with Charles Duke, the French cheese board expert. Okay, awesome. But she, uh, she really kind of let that flag fly and it, it, what was amazing to me was that we had, we were sharing, don't get me wrong, we were sharing a bottle, but it was this beautiful bottle, it was 2015 uh, Sass, but, but from the Wild Winds Vineyard grapes, uh, Pinot Noir, and it was just gorgeous, it was a Venters Reserve. Mm. And you know how some Pinot Noirs are almost a little Cabernet because they're just so big and so gentle. They're, yes, they're yeah. much bolder red than you're normally used to out of Pinot. Yeah. This was one of those. And we shared that bottle, and we were just having such a good time talking and recording and talking about cheese tastings and pairings. And uh, I had barbecued up some sausages, and we had just tried some sauerkraut that she made herself for the first time, and it was all so delicious, and we were pairing it with this amazing wine. And it really made for what I think is going to be a really fond memory for me. Nice. I think that's what sharing a bottle of wine or, or, or the drinking with food, I think that that, or at least I hope what I'm saying is kind of embodying what you were trying to convey, right? No, I, yeah, 100%. And, and I agree too, it, it's, and that gets back to what you were also saying in that it, drinking can be and should be collaborative, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I confess, you know, I wouldn't be where I am if it were my girlfriend Katie, when we first started dating, well, I can't say I didn't drink at all, but it was like a couple times a year I might have a drink to um, where I am now, and it, it was sharing some of those experiences with her. I, I wanted to uh, take her out on a, on a good date, and I knew she liked wine tasting, so I wanted to take her on a wine tasting date, so I had to learn a lot really quick right. um, so I could take her out wine tasting. Hey, can I ask you something? Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Did you have a moment where... I, I, and maybe you're not like this, but like for me, when I first started getting into wines, of course, I stayed in the white range. But then there was kind of this distinct line where all of a sudden I started finding reds that I liked. And I've now moved on to reds more than whites. Did you have that moment? Um, it was a little different for me. Everyone kept suggesting I try the whites and or the sweet wines, the dessert wines. They're like, that's a great way to get into wine. And I love, I've got a, a wicked sweet tooth. It's like, <laughs> I mean... It, it, it's it's the death of me, it, or will be, I guarantee. If anything's going to, well, there's that, probably a lot of other things. That's why you do those triathlons, so you can't 
you don't look like me. That's what you're doing. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> trust me. But if, if I were given free reign, I would be in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> and one of the reasons I, I am where I am is because I had to kind of change some, uh, some of my lifestyle uh, because I was going the wrong direction. So um, way too much of the sweets. But that said, uh, it, none of those caught my attention. None of those really got me, even though one said, oh, drink, you know, drink the dessert lines. That's how that's the entry point, right? Mm-hmm. Your entry level drug, as you said, you know, right. that kind of cascades into all the, the bad stuff. But that said, um, so I didn't. The, the, so then I tried some reds because that's what Katie was was drinking, um, and and I, I drank them because they were okay and they were good. And 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 as anyone who listens know, it was good for my cholesterol and oh, it yeah. helped my cholesterol tests. And that's I was drinking it literally medicinally. Right. Um, but one time I was out for dinner. It was at uh, I can tell you it was at Passion Fish in Monterey. Uh, I'm sorry, no, in Pacific Grove, to be specific, which is right next to Monterey. Um, it's a restaurant there, and I was having dinner, and I ordered a bottle of the Mayakamas. Uh, Mayakamas? Mayakamas? I should probably learn how to pronounce that properly. Doesn't um, matter. We're American. We can pronounce it however we want. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and it blew my mind. It literally, it was a half bottle, which is why I ordered it, because it was by myself. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to drink a whole thing, but I knew I wanted more than a glass. And so I'm like, oh, that's a good way to do it. And I just took a sip of that. And it was like, again, one of those light bulb goes off Mm -hmm. moments, like we were just talking about earlier with your stout that you had. And it was like, wow, so this is why people like wine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a red. It was a a Cabernet. I want to say it was a 2009. I mean, again, it's stuck. It's stuck in my head. And that's really ultimately what several years later ended up as this podcast and everything else is it started me. I want to learn more about this. I want to find more of that. Sure. So that's how I got here. But again, I think everybody has that own their own journey, their own way of kind of getting there. Oh, yeah, most certainly. Because, I mean, I've met people before where they don't like dark beers, but they love scotch whiskey. And I'm just sitting here like, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Actually, I hadn't thought about that. I love scotch. Um, and it, there are a lot of similarities between a scotch and a good dark beer. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I have a buddy where he doesn't like, um, well, specifically, he doesn't like corn as a base distillate. He doesn't like that flavor. But bourbon, he just is not into bourbon at all. And again, doesn't do the dark beers, uh, usually sticks on like the lighter end of like vodkas and stuff. But... He is a peated stout fanatic. Mm. I, I can't tell you why. He doesn't really have that eclectic of, of a palate. But for whatever reason, he has just glommed on to really heavily peated stouts. Or, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, scotches. Interesting. And that, you know, that's... It, there's no end to the mysteries, I think, of, of, mm-hmm. of how alcohol comes, how we approach it, and, and what we do with it. So it's always fascinating. Mm-hmm. But... Um, we're going to run long today, or we're going to turn this into a two-parter. I don't know. We're going to wing it and decide. You know, interviews are never short with me. I apologize in advance. Oh, never This apologize. isn't exactly in advance. We're 40-someone minutes into it. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, and never apologize. I mean, that's honestly what this is all about. And, and it, uh, initially, um, our, the thought was to kind of keep them a little bit on the shorter side. But I, I, I think when you're having a good conversation like this, and when things are going well, and, and we're touching on things and learning things, I'm not going to apologize for going long. <laughs> you know? Well, I appreciate that. I do that with uh, Barrel Age podcasts as well. 
you guys are going to be able to hear an interview with uh, Aria Jin and the head distiller. He blocked off the entire day for me. And we had a three-hour-long conversation. That's and amazing. So 55 minutes of it went off on my normal channels, and then the, the rest of it is a bonus episode. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I don't do the bonus episodes. We just, like I said, either we you, you get it all. Yeah. Um, so we'll either get a long one or, or a two-parter. But we promised a, a fun fact, so we want to talk about that. And then we want to talk uh, a little bit about, again, where we can find part of my fork, where we can find barrel age, and, and what, what more of what we can do with that. So you remember the fun fact of which I'm referring to? I do. I do. You're referring Excellent. to a dram. I am referring to a dram. Yes. So... Again, I love this kind of stuff. I love learning. Um, and these are the things where it, it just, you told me this and I was, I got, it's just funny. I get excited. It's like, <laughs> I feel sometimes like I'm a, like a, a kid at school or, or, or whatever. Cause it's like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome and so amazing. And that's why I'm doing this. Cause I want to learn this stuff. So I'm going to, I'm just going to shut up here and, and let you kind of talk about conceptions of a dram and what a dram actually is. Well, so the backstory is I have an episode coming out with, uh, again, uh, one of the higher-ups in Ardbeg. And Ardbeg is known for being one of the more peated scotches out there. As a matter of fact, they're the most award-winning scotch in the world, as a matter of fact. And when I had him on, we were doing a little trivia because so much of our language about booze comes from not not scotch necessarily, but from those those older whiskeys, right? Mm-hmm. And so I asked him, what is a dram? Can you define a dram for me? And everybody seems to have their own ideas of what a dram is. They think that they're pouring four ounces as a dram, or the specific glass is a dram. It's none of those things. Yeah, but, I'd always assumed it's an exact measure. And I don't know if I would be able to tell you exactly how much, but exactly what you're saying. That's either four ounces or it's a glass. Right. Actually, I think that's how I always thought a glass. I don't know how big I thought the glass was, but it's a glass, right? Right, right. Okay. It, it, you're, you're instantly thinking to yourself, it's some kind of a, a mug that they used to make in Scotland, and it was a specific amount. A dram is actually an abstract concept. It is an amount that the pourer is willing to pour, and the drinker is happy to accept. <laughs> and I love that, because that's, you know, I'm willing to pour this much, you're willing to accept that much, we're both going to be happy. Right? Right. It's something that's uh, mutually beneficial. It's a drink amount that's mutually beneficial. And it's just so <laughs> hilarious to me. Uh, I actually like using that term now because the thing about me is, is if you come over to my house around a barbecue or something, your drams are probably going to be whole mugs. And I'm going to just keep pouring them until you're <laughs> as drunk as I am. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but it's just a, it's a fun concept. And especially when it comes to expensive stuff. Let's say you have a I don't know, a 25-year-old port mark. Yeah. It's something that's shelf-stable, right? You've opened it, so it needs to be drank, but you're not looking to just, like, pour it wholesale down somebody's throat. And I do love a port, so go ahead. <laughs> there you go. you got somebody that's over, and they say, hey, uh, what do you got to drink? And, and you're thinking, I want to share this port with them. I need a whole little back. I don't want to pour them a whole bunch. However much you pour, as long as they're not insulted by the amount of the pour, that's a drink. That's beautiful to me, and... And now I'm getting all, maybe I, maybe it's because of the number of beer tastings we've had, <laughs> but I'm going to wax a little philosophical here. Yeah. But, but that that's kind of like a beautiful thing for life, right? I mean, it's like, you know, if we could all kind of get a dram of mm-hmm. whatever it may be, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. then I think we would all be happier people, right? I'm going to, you know, it, it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to quit waxing philosophical because I'm going to get into areas that, I don't know, whatever. But mm-hmm. it, I, I think... 
it, it's beautiful for what it is in so many ways, both just as a fun fact, but also as kind of a, a way of life. Yeah, that's right. Something that I like to say on my show is food for thought and knowledge for life. Oh, I like that. Okay, mm -hmm. sold. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that, tell us a little bit more about, uh, again, kind of both the shows, where we can find them, and, uh, and go from there. Well, Part of My Fork is at partofmyfork.com. And if you want to go directly to the podcast, it can be partofmyfork.com slash podcast. You can also find it over at boostboozebbq.com slash partofmyfork. Barrel Age Podcast is going to be at barrelagepodcast.com and boostboozebbq.com slash barrelagepodcast, as well as the associated social medias. Pardon My Fork is at Pardon My Fork at Facebook. Excuse me, on Facebook and Instagram, and Barrel Age Podcast is at Barrel Age Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I don't do a whole lot with the Twitter. I mean, we're on there, but uh, that's not generally a good way to reach me if you want to see what we're doing. The Facebook or the Instagram is a good way to go because I'm just, I'm a very visual person. Yeah, uh, no, same thing for, for Unsophisticated Palette. Um, if you guys are looking for us, it's, it's Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Uh, we have a Twitter account. I don't think we've ever actually done anything at all with it. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm 100% the same way because it's hard to convey. I can convey recipes and stuff uh, across Twitter, but if I want to be sharing recipes of what I'm cooking or, you know, I'm a huge barbecue guy. I barbecue and grill constantly. I had a grill fired up yesterday for five sausages. You know, I just, I like to cook. Uh, I like to infuse my life with a little smoke and char. Yeah, and which is never a bad thing. That's right. That's right. All right. Anyone listening here, of course, you know the unsophisticatedpalette.com is where you can find us. Of course, uh, Instagram and Facebook the same, unsophisticatedpalette.com, uh, or the unsophisticatedpalette.com to be specific. And so I think that kind of covers everything. You can hit us on the contact page. Uh, of course, uh, drink responsibly. And uh, until next time, I'm going to cheers with the Casanova Crunch. And I am cheersing with the St. Gregory. All right. Well, cheers. Thank you for coming on. Cheers, Mark. Thank you. Mm, that's good. Fine.